she showed us a couple of places that tried to fit and she was like, you're never going to find what you're looking for. Those she were, actually, those were, her exact words. those were her exact words was you're never going to find what you're looking for. We're kind of wasting our time here. So we go get in the car and well, wait, wait on that same, that, so while we were there with her, we had found this little tiny piece of property yeah. that, um, that had the primitive cabin on it okay. and it was just an acre and a half. Yeah. And we had some reservations right. about it because it was, it was like right on a trail and like a really popular trail in Blue Ridge. And we had envisioned like this very quiet, like secluded place. And this place was on a trail. So when we were there talking to the lady, we said, you know, what about this property? Hmm. She, like she said, you don't want that property. She said, nobody wants that property. And she said, she's been on the market for a year. Nobody wants it. And I said, well, we'd like to go look at it. And she said, well, I don't have time to show it to you today. And so we got in the car then and we drove over there on our own. We had the kids in the car. Wow. We were, against let's, my, let's against my will. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Spencer and Marcy Kernia, the creators of The Retreat at Fall Branch Falls, a pristinely crafted escape in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Spencer has always been a big dreamer. And while Marcy is fond of big ideas herself, she often has to counterbalance Spencer's idealism with just a smidge of realism. Spencer once had this grand idea of opening up an authentic Italian gelateria in Tennessee. And Marcy had to remind him that he didn't know the first thing about making ice cream or running a restaurant. So after Spencer's dream of becoming the Guy Fury of gelato was tabled, he and Marcy began discussing a dream that they both shared. And that was to be able to create welcoming spaces where people of all backgrounds might come and feel at home. Tune in to hear the somewhat miraculous story of how Spencer and Marcy found the perfect piece of land, created a magical Airbnb on that land, and grew their tiny houses following to over 30,000 across Instagram and TikTok. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Spencer and Marcy. Now it's official. Now, now it's official. Spencer, Marcy, how are you guys doing today? Super great. great. Well, I'm, to, uh, I'm, just, with you. I'm just glad we're like finally having this conversation. I was telling Yeah, we can. I think we actually, I think I first DM'd you guys well over a year ago. It might have even been like a year and a half ago. And then we reconnected in when I was in Hawaii. I had a phone call with you, Spencer, back in like over the summer. And now it's like November, but we're, we're, we're finally making it happen. <laughs> well, one of us is hard to track down either you or, or, or us. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe, I, th I think maybe, it's been both. Maybe, maybe both. I think it's been both. Uh, at least that's the story I like to tell myself. But, um, well, I, I'm super pumped for our chat today. I, I want to just like dive right in and I want to hear the story. Actually, before we even hear the story, when did the idea which would ultimately become the retreat at Falls Branch Spark. Like, what was that moment? Where were you guys sitting? What's the story there? So uh, I'll take that one. We're going to tag team a little, so I'll take that one. Perfect. 
Love it. We, we, so we've been married 12 years on our honeymoon back in 20 out 10 when, uh, Verbo was still called VRBO and <laughs> there was no Airbnb. Uh, we stayed in, in a VRBO in Italy. Oh, wow. And from that moment, we were like, this is super cool. The idea of being able to host people. Uh, and we don't currently live in a, or didn't at the time live in a very touristy area, but we thought, man, it'd be really cool to host people in some way, shape or form. Fast forward like eight years. We read this book by Bob Goff called love does yeah Uh, and we in the book he talks about hosting people in his cabin in canada so we're like man that is super cool and just like loving on people extravagantly is what he talks about in the book so uh we thought that would be a really cool tangible way um it fits kind of what we love doing and uh, so i guess it really started 2017 or so 2018 when Mm -hmm. we first read that book Wow. So how, and so there was like a, what, like a seven year ish age or gap between when you went to Italy and stayed in a Verbo and when you <laughs> realized, Hey, maybe this is something that we should do. There, there was, I feel but- like we even spent some time looking at like, could we buy something in Italy? And, uh, and then we started having kids, yeah. you know, and it's just crazy. Yeah. And, um, so we bought an old Airstream and we restored the Airstream and we enjoyed just spending time together and spending time outdoors. And we still had the dream, but I think that at the time life was just crazy and it was kind of hard to, to pursue that dream yeah, we just uh, at that very moment. We didn't really have like a good vision for it, I guess. We just, we kind of knew we wanted to do it, but couldn't figure out what it was or how to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's that next step? So you read this book by Bob Goff, you get, you get inspired and then you think what, like, all right, what's, what's this first step? Should we go look at land? Should we go try to buy a a house that's, uh, you know, uh, already there? Should we look at a build from the ground up? Like what's, when you start taking it a little bit more seriously, what are the questions you're asking yourself? Yeah. So, um, Mar- I'm going to tell you a little bit. So Marcy's not the dreamer or didn't used to be, uh, I'm the dreamer in the relationship. Okay. And, um, so I would always have these crazy ideas like, Hey, maybe we should do this or that. And she'd be like, mm. and she knows at this point that, uh, it's well, not, you know, it's- what, what he didn't tell you, <laughs> what? That we went to Italy, uh, we came home and he bought a $5,000 gelato, gelato machine. Oh my gosh. You're telling was, me now. <laughs> the dream was also that, uh, at that time that we would have a gelato, um, business. Yeah. So we, we've so been we've like, been through these dreams. Yeah, and like, you gotta be careful. Was, I was just trying to support. You yeah. Know? Yeah. There, you, you can't have too many dreamers in a marriage. It's just too complicated. <laughs> right. Like you guys gotta, you gotta <laughs> balance each other out. Wow. A gelato machine. Where do you, where does one even buy a $5,000? Right. Craigslist. Yeah. Craigslist. It was, uh, it was from like a marble slab that was closing down. So were you going to no, open up your own like gelateria? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Then you learn that like, you gotta have three phase power for a big ice cream machine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we had, we had a gelato machine for about a year that never actually was even plugged in but we sold it for what we, we got out of it valuable lessons, yeah. but. that was that was a lesson well learned well did you so, so but like did you use it at all we used it one time <laughs> yeah. that's one amazing time. and then like we, we learned once we got into the house you actually can't just plug it into a wall you so, need like yeah yeah all the special gear don't you mm. anyways keep going Anywho, you're the dreamer. So once once your dream of opening up a gelateria dies, then you realize I got to dream something even bigger. You know. Well, 
So at some point you have this, you have this moment where it it becomes in your head more than just dreams Hmm. and you start writing stuff down and you start planning. I'm in data and analytics and advertising and, um, I start doing everything in Excel. Okay. How do we functionally make this happen? Can we financially do this? Yeah. Uh, and she says at some point, okay, if, we, if we're going to really do this and you're actually serious about this now, and you were actually, to your credit, we're starting to get on board and excited about it after reading the book. Yeah. And uh, we started making a financial plan. What could this feasibly look like? And we didn't really want to go into a ton of debt for one. And um, so we started mapping out what our price points could be. And um, we didn't really have a vision if it was going to be a tiny cabin or a piece of land that we plopped a tent or a camper down on. Yeah. We knew that we wanted to start something to start hosting people. Hmm. Uh, and we just started looking and kind of stayed open to what, what would come. Hey guys, so I have to tell you this really quick story about my experience with short-term rental host guidebooks. So two years ago, my wife Gabby and I were on a podcast roadshow. We were actually collecting stories for this podcast, Behind the Stays, in the greater Asheville area. So we arrived in Asheville a couple of hours before our check-in, and we asked our host if there were any good recommendations for a lunch spot. He responded saying that he had a plethora of recommendations in his guidebook, but that we should certainly check out Wicked Weed Brewing Pub. So we went to the pub and our burgers were absolutely delicious. So we couldn't wait to uncover what other recommendations he had in his guidebook. But upon arrival, there was no guidebook to be found. We looked on the kitchen counter, the dining room table, even the closet of the guest bedroom, but nope, no guidebook. Now we're not that extra, but we were pretty high up in the mountains and the internet service was spotty at best. So it made it really difficult to kind of figure out where we should go to dinner. So after 30 minutes of searching, we sat down on the couch and my wife said, why aren't there digital guidebooks for guests? Well, as it turns out, there are. And our new friends at Touchstay are the industry leaders. Touchstay enables hosts to build beautiful digital guidebooks in a matter of minutes and enhance the guest experience by packaging your recommendations for coffee, wine bars, artisan bakeries, and Michelin star restaurants in a single online location. Guests can access everything through a really simple link. And yes, it works without a Wi-Fi connection. Touchday allows you to customize your guidebooks to match your brand. You can pick the colors, fonts, and images that best align with your STR, and it only costs $99 a year. Learn more about a plethora of other features they have and start your free trial at touchday.com forward slash BTS, as in behind the stays. Oh, and while we didn't ever find our Asheville host guidebook, the cleaners did. It was in the trash. Apparently the guests before had spilled a whole pot of coffee on it and they were so embarrassed that they threw the whole guidebook away. I guess it was a blessing in disguise though, because we told our host about Touchstay and a year later when we went back to his cabin, Touchstay was there and it was absolutely perfect. So start your free trial of Touchday at touchday.com forward slash BTS. Again, that's BTS as in behind the stays. All right, guys, back to the show. And I think that that's like a really good posture to have too. Like as when, when, sometimes I'm, not, I'm talking to folks who have this very, very specific vision in mind of like, all right, like I wanted to go, I knew I needed this, you know, acreage. And then I wanted this kind of build and it was, I was going to rent it for this. They, they plan everything out from the get go. And then it can be like quite disappointing when 
it doesn't go that way, right? Or or when like you've you found what you think is the perfect property, but it's four times the cost of what you thought it was, okay. right? So it sounds like you guys took a very um a very open ended approach, um, which you know in in hindsight is prob probably sort of like made you sleep a little bit more soundly at nights. You're probably a little <laughs> bit less anxious uh, during during sort of that discovery process. But but once you um once you decide that all right it's 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 now now is the time what's the story there like how did you how did you find this particular plot of land and i believe the retreat at falls branch had a structure that existed already on, yeah, the, on right. the property so, okay so the what's the story at there? Falls has has a, had a structure on it when we found it um but just back up a couple months before that we spent a lot of time driving through the mountains in North Georgia. Okay. It's kind of an hour and a half, two hours away from us. And we stumbled. We, we really, we wanted to be close enough that yeah. if we needed to jump, jump in the car and be able to go, that we could be there, you know, really quickly. Um, so we found this town, Blue Ridge, which is an hour and a half from us, but we had never spent a ton of time there. Okay. Drove through it, kind of fell in love with the area and the forests and the people and the culture. And we met with a, a real estate agent up there. And said, "Hey, this is what we want, right? We want to be beside the forest and uh, maybe a little tiny thing and super cheap and no neighbors and very charming." And she's she showed us a couple of places that tried to fit, and she was like, "You're never going to find what you're looking for." Those she were, actually those were her exact words. Those were her exact words. Was you're never going to find what you're looking for. We're kind of wasting our time here. So we go get in the car. And well, wait, wait on that same that so while we were there with her, we had found this little tiny piece of property yeah. that, um, that had the primitive cabin on it okay. and it was just an acre and a half. Yeah. And we had some reservations right. about it because it was, it was like right on a trail and like a really popular trail in Blue Ridge. And we had envisioned like this very quiet, like secluded place. And this place was on a trail. So when we were there talking to the lady, we said, you know, what about this property? Hmm. She, like she said, you don't want that property. She said, nobody wants that property. And she said, she's just been on the market for a year. Nobody wants it. And I said, well, we'd like to go look at it. And she said, well, I don't have time to show it to you today. And so we got in the car then and we drove over there on our own. We had the kids in the car. Wow. We against were, let's, my, let's against my will. Spencer was not interested in the property. I was like, that's not the property we want. I don't, I don't think that's what we want. What and was, we, what was the reason? Did you, or did she give well, a reason? It was, it was right. It was really cheap. Look, it was, yeah. it was like $34,000 for the property. Wow. It was very, and which is crazy to think about now. Yeah. It was very inexpensive for her and she didn't have any real commission in it. Yeah. It was our reason for not my reason for not really wanting it. Marcy wanted to see it. I didn't was that it was beside the most popular hiking trail in Blue Ridge. Mm. And it runs like it ran like six feet from the cabin. Wow. Immediately beside it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird, the property was kind of in a weird layout and yeah. there was a driveway right next to how there were a couple of things that, that I, I think probably were made people hesitant about it. There was not power there. Okay. And I think people didn't know how to get power, power there or um, if it could have a septic tank, anything like that, since it was already in the Creek. Yeah. And so, um, so anyways, we jump in the car and we go over there and as you would have it. And as things happen, uh, when we got there, there was a big event being held and they were closing the trail that huh. went across um from the cabin like the hour we no showed way. up they Having were like a celebration yeah um, and they had rerouted the trail through like across the mountain um the alternate way uh so that it because there was so much erosion in the creek huh. 
so they were having hot dogs and all the trail association was there. And it was like this <laughs> big thing on this one day that we're there. No way. And, um, and so we walk up and we're like, what's going on? And we're like, we're just here to see this property. Um, and they said, oh, would you have a real estate agent? And I was like, well, actually, no, she didn't. She didn't. <laughs> we come. just fired and, uh, her. <laughs> and they said, actually, one of our friends, uh, he's one of the trail volunteers and he's 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 here and he he's a real estate agent and he can show it to you today. And so he came up and he was like, hey, I've shown this property before. Let me show it to you guys today. Wow. And so, this, I mean, what what are the chances? This that is that ridiculous. Happen? This is crazy. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And um, so anyways, we get the kids out of the car and we walk on the property. And it's just it's just I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments in life where you just think like, you know, you get the chill bumps on your arms yeah. and you're like, this is it. Like, yeah. we didn't even have to have the conversation with each other. We yeah. just knew um, that. We didn't know what it was going to be, like what it would, how it would all come together. Or um, we didn't know if we could get a septic tank. We didn't know if we could get, <laughs> you know, we didn't know those things either. But we decided that at that moment that it was the property that we wanted to pursue. And we felt like it was meant for us. Wow. Like yeah. it's waiting for us, you know. I mean, how could you not? How could you not? Like that, yeah, you know? literally the obstacles that you, that yeah. your former real estate agent had had uh, <laughs> yeah. you know made you aware of were like instantly removed. Like that's yeah. that's crazy. And it just, yes, the, the stars aligned. Right? Sounds like this was like a a miracle, like ready to happen. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely believe that. So t- tell me about like uh, talk to us a little bit about like the actual like property and and the structure. So like what what, what was the acreage uh what how big was the uh primitive cabin that was on the was on the property give us those specs okay so it's an acre and a half 1.5 okay. acres and i'm going to blow your mind a little bit more with some some other crazy things that happen um it's 1.5 acres okay that's uh, 20 feet by 24 feet so 480 square square feet total wow uh, okay and uh the the guy, our real estate agent, Jeff DePiola, we'll name drop him. He's not a real estate agent anymore. Um, Jeff DePiola was like, hey, I don't know if you can get water or power or septic or anything like that, but we'll build it into the due diligence time period. So um, do your diligence if you're if you're out there looking for uh, a piece of property. Check all your, your, your boxes before you go <laughs> sign uh, on the property. But it borders 27,000 acres of national forest, which was kind of the big, amazing sell for us. Wow. So it's like the last house. And then there's how many miles of gravel? About four road? miles of gravel road of just, of just nothing. So wow. it's, shaped, it's, it's shaped as such like in a rectangle um, that it's, it's very long and very narrow, which turns out to be perfect for installing a well and mm. a septic of course, so of course, of was, course, it's perfect for that. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's so just you've got to have <laughs> 300 feet roughly to have uh, a well and a septic system. So we put the well on one side and the the county was like, yeah, you've got almost exactly the right space to put in a septic system. So we were like, well, that's crazy. So we can get power and water and septic theoretically if everything works out. And they were like, yeah, you can. Wow. So really long due diligence time period. And and basically uh, just it was it was hours on the phone calling multiple power companies because nobody thought it was theirs. And like um, the power company on the other side of the forest is different. And so they weren't they weren't quite sure and they would have to go out there. And so um, we used every moment of that due diligence time. We but we had moments where we had conversations like, could we do solar power? Could mm. we do 
water power because we're on the creek. Compostable and toilets. Do, yeah. and what does that look like? Yeah. And but luckily it worked out to be able to be a, a modern yeah. structure. So. so so how much time like like did you guys spend during the due diligence process? Like give us a sense for like the hours. 90 days. I think it was 90 days. 90 yeah. days. Okay. Jeez. Wow. And and yeah. you're so basically you're trying to get all these questions answered. You're also dealing with local, you know, when state governments, which don't you know, always move particularly right. quickly. Um, so you had a laundry list of things that needed to happen. It all falls into a place, and it just you know you guys sign on the dotted line, and you feel like this this is the property for you all. You've got yeah. it. N now what? Like, <laughs> were you were you what, what was it in? Could you have listed it on an Airbnb like? right away or no. no okay 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 so talk it was a if you're doing like a horror house yeah. <laughs> it was terrifying. That would be horror house, horror. Not horror house. <laughs> uh, so it was it was a uh it was a rotting structure on cinder blocks Jeez. okay I mean, it, it was really rough and uh on our instagram there's there's tons of pictures of what it was before but uh, we we talked about early on going very budget and just trying to get it rentable, yeah. kind of in the same foundation. But the more that we looked at it, the more we realized that there was just there was no way that that could happen. Yeah. And we didn't know if if code would allow us to since we're on the creek and they're so picky about moving any kind of dirt. We didn't know if they'd allow us to tear it down completely and rebuild. Uh, and they did. Okay. And so. Uh, but the limitation was we had to stay in that same footprint. We had to stay in the 24 by 20 footprint. We yep. couldn't um, go any larger at all. So we we began looking really at plans online and uh, we couldn't we just couldn't find one that met exactly what we needed. And so we hired an architect that was local and we just, you know, sat down with him and threw out several ideas. And through the course of those conversations, we came up with this really brilliant idea to cantilever the house because then you can like stay in this footprint and cantilever over and make the structure larger but the like the footprint's the same but the house itself is larger hangs over kind of like a porch would hang over but wouldn't touch the ground yeah brilliant 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 well then we went through all that process in the house and the county said no <laughs> they're like you're, you're taking advantage of the situation that's yeah. not what it was intended yeah for. yeah yeah, so yeah. back to, to square back one to the architect <laughs> And um, and so then once we finally got plans, you know, we've been working on we have been talking to builders and things like that. And that kind of that all of those things were learning experiences, like yeah. how we how we talk to builders and how we got quotes, like we would emotionally kind of get stuck with one builder and we'd be like, we're sure this is the one only for it to that door to really close. Yeah. You know, like so I think we learned a lot through that process. Um, and actually on that note, real fast, how yeah. did you guys have like a, a rule of thumb? Like, all right, we're going to get like three quotes from everybody for everything yeah. or what was your what was your magic number how, how did you guys yeah. sort of discern like who was the right fit for you we we got three or four well really quotes. we just started with one yeah so here, here's a learning thing yeah, yeah. please we, we for those of you that are out there that are looking to build your first uh it shouldn't take three months to get a quote back mm. Mm. we had we had no idea so we go into it thinking uh, we really liked this person, hit it off well, great conversation. He was picking up all the vibes we were laying down. Uh, and, you know, a month goes by, no quote back, two months go by, no quote back. And we're we're three months now with this property and, and this idea and this dream. And we've, we've got no quote back. And, and so then we finally get the quote back and it's astronomical, really. 
And so, you know, then we start trying to backtrack and think of how we can shave, shave down the price. And then we start talking to some other, other builders and the price comes in at like less than half of their price. Yeah. And I think wow. they just didn't want to do it. It's yeah, just yeah. You know, 480 square foot structure. I mean, if you can build a neighborhood, you're not going to be interested in building yeah. a house like that unless you're just, you know, yeah, twiddling you your thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so anyways, that's that was definitely a learning process. Just to next time we know now that we need to talk to several people quickly um, going into the process. Yeah, so. Quickly. Get get quotes back in, you know, yeah. weeks, yeah. weeks, not months. Yeah, they should be they should, you know, have a, a, a desire to serve you, right? Like you are a prospective customer. They should be incentivized to deliver something quickly. So yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Glad you guys called that called that out. So had had either of you invested in real estate before, or was this sort of the first time outside of your your round home yeah. that you were going to do something like this? Yeah, we've we've owned a few homes, like our our personal house over the the eight or so years that we had been married at that point, uh, but no investment property at all. This was a all it was a brand new learning experience. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. Do you remember like what you, just in terms of even acquainting yourself with like the jargon, right? Do you like, did you yeah. just spend a lot of time Googling? Did you listen to like bigger pockets? Did you listen to podcasts? Like how, how did you, how did you learn enough to not sound like an idiot, right? When you're talking to somebody. Yeah, we probably sounded we probably like, sound we, like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely sounded like idiots a lot. Uh, but most, most well, of the I time. Feel, you know, but some of the time, you know, before we bought the property and when we were deciding what we were doing, you know, we, we had sat down with a, with a banker and, you know, we kind of told her what our dream was and she did help us a little bit. Like you can't, I don't know if it's like this in every state, but in the state of Georgia, you can't get a mortgage on a property that's under 780 square feet. And so mm. going into it originally, mm. we thought we'll just get a second mortgage and yeah. what we have some money down, you know, we've got some money saved up. But uh, when we learned that we we're like, okay, well now we're, we kind of had to several times along the way, we kind of had to step back. And so I'm sure we did sound like morons probably that <laughs> along the way a lot, yeah. but um, looking back on it, I think, we, we were surrounded by a lot of people that were really supportive yeah. and kind of helped us along the way. And so. there are tons of people in our area. I feel like when you bring a dream to someone, uh, they're either immediately like, you're crazy, or they're like, let's, let's do this together. Here's a tip. And by and large, almost everyone that we met was supportive in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it just, it, this, this entire process sounds like, 
you know, e- each step was was meant to, to, to be. You guys sound like you were. It sounds like you were surrounded with like the right people at the right time that you know got you one step further to to kind of build. You know, realizing this dream. Um, I yeah. I, I think like one of the things I want to hear a little bit more about is a lot of the folks who I've had on this show. Um, have really cool properties or some many of them have you know a whole like collective of properties and they've been in the real estate investment game for a while right um and then other people are, are just starting out right and and there's 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 a whole uh slew of folks in the middle but not everyone has been able to successfully market their place uh like like you all have right and you have 16 and, and some change uh thousand followers on on instagram and i want to hear like the story behind how you decided to start posting on instagram how you've grown that over time like how have you thought about marketing your airbnb again because it's not something that everyone does uh, especially when it's like you know the first time they're doing something like this yeah i, I think we we had a desire to to capture the process uh it's not like we set out to to say hey, we want to grow an Instagram following to X number. Uh, we genuinely wanted to capture the process. When we were building our our Airstream that Marcy mentioned earlier, we were restoring a 1955 Airstream. We used a lot of online blog resources to help us do that. And I thought that that was an interesting uh, resource hmm. for, for someone that hasn't done it before to go through and read those things of people that have been there before. So that was kind of the initial thought was let's post on Instagram some of the process to be helpful. Uh, and uh, looking back, some of that, we looked at it just two days ago. We we scrolled all the way back to the beginning of Instagram and it's just like, that content was really not good. <laughs> wow, that content was rough. Um, but it was good and it was well-intentioned. Uh, I, I think your question is is a good one and it's one of the questions we get asked most often. Uh, how can I grow my Instagram following? I would say uh, practice making good content. Mm. And it genuinely takes practice. Uh, it, you don't just wake up one morning and learn how to do videos well. That genuinely takes years of practice. Yeah, um, And invest in a good content creation machine. Uh, we use iPhones for 99% of all of the photos and videos that we take. Wow. Uh, it is good enough for Instagram. Yeah. 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 Mm. We're talking about the influencers that we've had. Yeah. So uh, also definitely partner with influencers, um, but only ones that you feel have a, a certain style that you like, mm. like um, Ethan Abbott's was one that we've, that we connected with early on that is just been um, he's a friend now and is, uh, took some of our first pictures Wow, that kind of blew up. And since then we've worked with probably a dozen other, uh, photographers that have come through that have taken pictures, uh, of the space. I would say one tip for uh, people just starting out is to get, uh, some great pictures, mm, Yeah, N- not just from a real estate photographer. There's a huge difference in a real estate photographer's pictures, no shade on them. They do a fantastic job on what they do. Um, but lifestyle pictures of people in your space. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different perspective than, uh, the job of a real estate photographer. Uh, and having those, I think was 
an instrumental thing that leads you to the next building block, to the next block, to the next block. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I, I think that we try to be you, it's really you, but I think that you try to be super genuine and open to any questions that we get. Like whenever he does like, and ask me anything, he literally answers every single question he gets from like, how much did it cost you to build this to how do you pick a cleaning team? I mean, he answers everything and he's tried to build, we've built so many relationships with people from, from Instagram. And I think it is just by being able to be available to people yeah. and, and people really appreciate that. I mean, so we've talked to so many people that have a dream of having an Airbnb yeah. or have built their Airbnb since we've had ours. Gosh, that's, that's so rewarding. So cool. It's yeah. so cool to have somebody come back and be like, Hey, we just opened our Airbnb and it started because of you. Like mm. our dreams. And you're like, Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. No. Yeah. I like <clears throat> unbelievably validating. And I feel like just a, it's sort of like a testament to sort of the original reason you started this, right? Which was like, you guys had a passion for hosting. You had a passion, you had a dream to help inspire people to, to you know, love on people. And, yeah. you know, now you have this opportunity to do so, not just in the context of your home, your Airbnb, but yeah. also the people that follow it, right? And the people that get to experience it, maybe never in real life, but but through Instagram, um, which, which is just fantastic. I, I, I want to go back to, uh, your point, uh, Spencer, around kind of getting started with Instagram too and getting really good at content. I feel like sometimes folks uh, obsess a little too much over, all right, what is like the latest algorithmic tweak that Instagram has made that I need to like, you know, adhere to? Like reels are yeah. the new thing. Oh, hey, now stories are longer. Hey, now this, now, you know. And I, I think like all those things absolutely do do matter. And as you get good at content, you become a little bit more aware of the fact that if you play by the rules of the current rules of the sandbox of Instagram, your stuff's going to get seen by more people. But at the same time, I think like more often than not, it's really just important to focus on the quality of the content rather than trying to optimize for the sake of the algorithm. Because I feel like w if you go too far over to optimizing for the algorithm, mm -hmm. you almost lose some of the art that made it interesting yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt, uh, without a doubt, and I definitely was uh, hesitant early on posting reels because it was like, well, this is the new algorithm thing to do. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do it. Right <laughs> now. I actually love, I love the, the reels portion. And just because you can be helpful, I will say uh, one thing that we've tried to do is remember who your audience is hmm. and what value can you bring to them? So if you are posting often and 100% of your posts are, how can I bring value back to me? Uh, that's not helpful for your audience and they have now have no reason to follow you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so think about your page as a value tool for your audience, not a value tool for you. And that will help guide what your content is. Then it's just a matter of figuring out how to shoot it better, yeah. how to make it look cool or um, be more attractive visually. So you all have you all have spent a lot of time producing your own content, but then you mentioned you've also worked with some Instagram influencers, some photographers. I, I'm actually going to have Ethan on the show in a couple of weeks, so oh, that'll cool. be fun. Yeah, yeah. So folks Ethan, get, to, get, get to hear a little bit more of his story. But um, I, I, one of the questions I get a lot from people is like, "Hey, how do you work with influencers like well? Like, what's the right way to do it?" People don't have a sense of like they don't know about rates. They don't know, "Hey, am I just giving them a place to stay for free?" And then they're just taking photos, and it's just sort of a you know, bartering kind of exchange yeah. here. And I know that it varies 
dramatically depending on context. But any any kind of pro tips or insights you you will have learned on how to work well with with influencers and the right influencers. I know a couple of people. Um, have you know written me long emails complaining ab- about the uh, in- influencers and just like really you know shitting on the whole like strategy and then there are other yeah. people that swear by it so like yeah. what you sounds like you guys overall have had a positive experience and would love any thoughts you have on how to do that well yeah so we are we are um, pretty choosy about who we work with um, if if your content doesn't really match what what we're trying to do I don't know that it's that, that it's the best fit. Um, I would say know what you were, know what both of you were, you were trying to get you, mm. the cabin owner and the influencer are trying to get out of the relationship. And if it's genuinely just, Hey, look, sometimes we've reached out to influencers that we have felt like we just want to host them yeah. because they seem like really cool people. That's great. And don't ask anything of them. Yeah. Right. And if something comes of it, okay. But if you're trying to get professional pictures out of that, pay for those pictures. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's absolutely worth it to your business as a marketing expense to pay for good quality marketing material for your place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well said. Yeah, I think that um, it's a strategy that more and more folks are are catching on to. I still think there's actually like a a big opportunity for for both creators who want to do who want to play in this space but then yeah. also for for hosts who uh haven't haven't you know employed this sort of strategy to to test it out i do feel like one thing that um i'm seeing more more of is i think there was a little bit more of a spray and pray approach early on that a lot of hosts sort of like leaned into this idea of just oh wow anyone with a massive following i should just bring in but to your to your earlier point spencer too i think like it's really important to ensure that this influencer is aligned with like travel right at the very at the very least so let, let alone cabin stays and whatnot as opposed to just you know a country star with uh, a million followers on Instagram, right? So it's just, yeah, I, I feel like you have to do a little bit. You certainly have to do your due diligence. There are several folks who are really awesome people that are out there, but I still think there's a lot of room for other people to come into the space as well. Hey, last last tip on that. So yeah. one of our, uh, if you measure influencer success in terms of how much did you grow in follower count? Yep. And I don't know if that's the right way to measure it or not. It's but one if way, you do, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, one of our most successful influencers was our local tourism board. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, don't, don't look past some of those more traditional means, yeah. you know, your, your local tourism page, uh, your, your local state, like ex- ours is explore Georgia or visit Blue Ridge pages. Those pages for us have been. Cause those are the people that live yeah. close by and would yeah. be really likely to come visit. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's a so good that, that's a good tip yeah i feel like i feel like folks do often overlook that um as as just again simple simple easy wins right uh potential layups there um love it so i, I want to ask you guys a few more questions about the process so what what was hardest about bringing your space to life like as you think about it now it sounds like finding it was an adventure in and of itself but at anything else about the the renovation or the plans or whatnot that were that were just especially difficult. I, I think there's probably half a dozen things that could come <laughs> up. And you, you had mentioned earlier how these things just kept falling into place for us, and that is absolutely true. Uh, but 
it certainly was lots and lots and lots of work and mm. and i mean on, on both of us in different ways tons of effort behind it what what do you think was your well, I most think, challenging i think thing? um you know, after the fact, you know, we, we had so much family and stuff that had come and helped us. Like Spencer's 90 year old grandfather came and welded our gate for us. And oh my, my dad landscaping. And like, yeah. it's very much like a family project. And we had poured so much of ourselves into it and we'd created this thing that was our taste, you mm. know, like, and so I think for me, one of the hardest things, as silly as it sounds, is that you just don't know if people are going to have the same taste mm, you know yeah. are people going to come and be like why did they do this or, this is hideous or <laughs> this you know and so those first like those first few months when you don't have any reviews and you don't like you're awaiting feedback and people have checked in and you're like oh my goodness i haven't heard anything yet and you know i think that was really hard yeah. um yeah our, our um, neighbor he lives like half a mile up the road off grid he drove by in his old truck one day and he goes, why'd you paint it black? It's hideous. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's things like that that gives you doubt, I guess. In, in like whenever we picked out our cabinet color, the guy said, you do not want to paint them green. He said, you see them in magazines like that, but you do not want that. I trust me, you don't want it. And I was like, I do. I want I do want it. <laughs> and it's one of the things that people love, but you just, you know, it's one of those, I mean, we, it's just one of those uncertainties that you're not quite sure no. how everybody's going to take it. What yeah. about for you? I, I think the most challenging thing that we kind of just blew right past was figuring out what was going to go in the space. Mm. It, mm, it is yeah. a, it is a 20 by 24 building. Yeah. It's 440 square feet of interior space that we tinkered with for months. I mean, we would cut out little, a draw up like the exact one inch parameters of the building and move the walls and move the bed and um, try to figure out how to make it work. And then ultimately we ended up taking all of that to an architect and, and saying, Hey, here's kind of our vision and our dream. And, and he was the one that actually kind of like made what we had put together actually kind of make sense. Yeah. Uh, con construction wise, he's like, Oh, you, you can't put a wall up there. That doesn't, <laughs> but even just structurally yeah. having to like, our, the cost for our build was higher because we have these concrete piers. I mean, they had to come in and actually build these massive concrete piers because there are times where like the creek actually flows under the structure yeah. if there is flooding. And so logistically, that was really challenging, um, you know, and, and you know, we had luckily people around us that were able to help us kind of through that process. But it was definitely hard yeah. figuring those things out. You're a kick-ass Airbnb host. In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. 
Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out this simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping. It's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. I feel like from the stories I've heard from folks like you that come on the show, there's always like <clears throat> this, especially when it comes to the actual like layout, when it's, especially when it's a tiny home, right? Or a smaller structure. Everybody feel, everybody thinks that they can do more than they can actually do. They, they typically have to end up doing less and yet less at the end of the day really is yeah. more in a, in a smaller space. And we, yeah. my wife and I, we lived full time on Airbnb for 15 months and some of our favorite places to stay were actually tiny homes or smaller structures specifically because every inch of the space was so intentional and like the mm -hmm. use of space was so intentional that it, it genuinely helped us like realize oh wow like we don't really need that much right like yep. and and it's it's like it's like an art form right to be able to like craft a space with everything that you need but nothing more than you need. And I feel like tiny homes express that really well. That was well said. Something that we uh, we definitely feel and got to experience, but that was that was well said. So, all right, a couple final questions for you guys. First and foremost, what did you learn about yourselves through this process? So you also, you got to work on it together. You got to collaborate on, I don't know if you guys have had other business ventures as a couple, but any business venture as a couple is is awesome. It's exciting. It's beautiful. It's also like can be really stressful and it can lead to lots of arguments, right? So, what what did you two learn about each other and then about yourselves through this process? You know, I feel like I married this dreamer <laughs> over here, and I was the realist. And um, I think what's crazy is that now. Uh, when we go everywhere we go, every time we go on a vacation, everywhere we go, I'm like, we could have an Airbnb here. Mm. We could do this. And I have become a dreamer. <laughs> like, isn't that crazy? Like now I'm the one that I'm like, we could do another cabin. We should do this. And it's crazy how, like, when you stretch yourself that you're able to even stretch yourself more. And like, so I think that's been really cool. Yeah. I, I think we, maybe not in the building process, but in the hosting process learned that uh, we both have our strengths. Uh, Marcy runs 90 plus percent of the Airbnb. Mm. So all the, all the communications and the coordination and the, the scheduling of when things need to happen. Uh, and I just get to be the hands that, you know, fix the sink when it breaks or, you know, fix the garbage or chop the wood or, um, <laughs> and do the Instagram and do the Instagram. And do the Instagram yeah. <laughs> which I've really enjoyed. And I think she's really enjoyed the, yep. the hosting piece. And we didn't set out thinking that was going to be our roles in this, mm. <clears throat> but we've, I guess we've kind of just kind of naturally picked the them. things that we've yep. loved and go from there. That's, that's important. Dividing and conquering, right? Understanding each other's superpowers. It's super, super crucial. So um, what about 
Marcy, you hinted it at this already, but my next question was just going to be about uh, another another Airbnb. Like where, where, when, what might it look like? Like as you are now both dreamers, um, what uh, what comes to mind is with respect to kind of where that next spot could be or should be. Would you do you want another one, Marcy? I do. I do. <laughs> we we I, I feel like you know we talk about it all the time. I think we'll have another one yeah. at some point. Um, you know we we want that feeling again. Mm. You know that uh, I don't know if that'll happen again, but I sure yeah. hope so. That you you know when you walk on the property and you feel that it's the right thing, and um, so you know, we look every day and um and <laughs> like I mean, we don't like go drive and look yeah yeah, yeah. Like a villa, really on Zello, yeah yeah <laughs> we send each other properties all the time and um so i'm not quite sure what the next one will look like but i do think there will be a yeah another one it'll have to be it'll have to be the exact right thing yeah um, yeah we, we for sure want want another one at some point and um would you do two. another another cabin another an, another tiny yeah. home or okay yeah I think that there's after doing a so our cabin is for those of you that don't know is tiny and is a one bedroom, uh, couples only, no kids, no pets kind of thing, um, and that's fits within our purpose of of serving couples to reconnect and um, for us there's a certain simplicity to that. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine the challenges one would face with a a three four plus bedroom giant house yeah, yeah. that would be that would be a lot a lot more challenging um there's a certain simplicity to small so never so we'll never say never but i think yeah. you know we we've stayed in several that are you know for up to two people and i think for us we just feel kind of called to those kind of places yeah. and so i think our one will be another one that's uh, that's probably a, a one bedroom um little quiet getaway yeah but we're staying open you know who knows who knows who knows? You never know. You never know who you might meet, right? As you're touring right. your next property, you could stumble upon somebody that's got this mansion next door that you just have to come and see. So who knows? Never. Who knows? Um, open. Well, my, my last question for you both um, is around advice you'd give to folks who are just starting out. Um, there's a lot of people that tune into this show that have a first property or they're currently building a first property, but you know, neither of these properties are, are live on Airbnb yet. We've also got folks who tune in who've who've never who don't have a property yet, but are actively looking for one. So, um, when when you think about things that you've learned over the last couple of years here, what what comes to mind? What what advice would you impart on those those tuning in? I have one. Yeah, it's kind of an off the wall one. Uh, one of the one of the, we didn't do this, but we should have done it. Uh, find everyone has that like jerk friend that just tells it as it is right <laughs> opening your first airbnb is like the ideal time to utilize that friend mm. um, invite that friend to your space before that space opens uh and guaranteed they will tell you exactly what's wrong with it uh i think that's, 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 <laughs> but, that's I mean, amazing so, it's so discouraging but, but, no but, that's okay, good that's good that's 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 really good advice Hear, hear me out. So you invite your mom to stay at the place or, you know, your cousin or your best friend or whatever, and they've got nothing but positive things to say, which is wonderful, yeah, right? Yeah. But the only way that you can really like ace that guest experience is, is if you have a couple of those people that come that are like, you know what? 
that bed was too firm. Yeah. Or like, you know yeah. what? That toilet paper was terrible. You know what? <laughs> whatever that those couple of things are, those weren't two of ours, but yeah. you know, whatever those couple of things are, yeah. having someone that can just like tell you raw like it is early on uh, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like rather than like, having your mom come have you have your mother-in-law come right your mother-in-law <laughs> is gonna shoot, mother shoot straight <laughs> my mother-in-law's fabulous <laughs> yeah for me i think that my piece of advice would just be it's probably just more practical in that you know we didn't start this with like even a hundred thousand dollars in the bank yeah. you know i mean we we um kind of pulled from every resource we sold the airstream we decided we were going to sell the airstream to invest in the cabin and um and pulled every resources we, we possibly could because we couldn't do traditional financing yeah and somehow it worked out and so i feel like for people that listen to this that they don't have a ton of savings in the bank but they really have the dream to do it i would just encourage them to kind of look at all avenues to try to figure out if it's an investor or if it's yeah. um you know, could, do they have a boat they can sell or, you know, what is it you yeah. know, that they can they can do to try to pull that dream together? Because I think that a, a little dream can go a long way if you can yeah. just try to put the pieces together. That's good. So well said. Well, you both have been awesome. Really, really appreciate your time for folks who are tuning in. If you want to uh, learn more about Spencer and Marcy, we'll have their Instagram link in the show notes below. So you can just go scroll down wherever you're listening to this podcast, click on over to their Instagram handle and send them a DM. Guys, thank you so much for your time. It's been a, it's been a real privilege. Thank been a so blast. Thanks. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.